Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It is good here, isn't it? No, honestly, I love it. I, I, I get the chance to travel around the world and often I get up and say, wow, it's good here. And I'm lying. And, um, but it's actually good here, isn't it? I'm loving it. Wow, amazing sense of God's presence. Brilliant people, very friendly. I am, I'm Scottish. And uh, a little bit of mild racism there. And uh, I'm, I'm Scottish and I also am a massive football fan. And um, I, I'm, a, I'm a Nottingham Forest fan. Yes, there's on, us too. That's it. <laughs> oh, no, no more. Come on. As a revival. And... <laughs> And um, I, uh, I have got a friend called Derek who's a minister of a church and he is a huge Bolton fan. And a few years ago when Bolton were in the premiership, he got me tickets to see Bolton against Chelsea. And uh, we went and we're sitting there and there was a fence. We were in the Bolton end, but there was a fence and on the other side was the Chelsea fans. And I'm with my friend Derek, who's a Christian, who's a minister of a church. He's a massive Bolton fan. And in the first half, Bolton score. As Bolton won, Chelsea nil. Derek is going crazy. And then, with three minutes of the game to go, Chelsea equalized. And when Chelsea equalized, all the Chelsea fans got up and they ran to the fence and they were screaming through the fence. They were screaming in our face. I think they were saying, may your mother be blessed. Yeah, I think it was that. It was something about mothers. And they were, they were screaming through the fence. And it was like, wow. And Derek, I could feel him. He was so agitated. I'm like, Derek, you're a Christian. You love God. Calm down. Then with the last kick of the game, Chelsea scored the winner. It was Bolton 1, Chelsea 2, and all the Chelsea fans are dancing. And my friend Derek got up and started running towards the fence. And I'm thinking, what do I do? If I stay here, I'll be safe. If I go with him, that'll be funny. And I thought, I'm going with him. I'm going with him. And so I'm saying to him, Derek, don't say anything you're going to regret. Don't say anything that you wish you'd never said in the morning. And he got up against the fence and he screamed through the fence. He just said to these Chelsea fans, he's just like, ah, I hope, I hope you get stuck in traffic. <laughs> and I thought, wow, what a great chant that is. I hope you get stuck in traffic. I don't want anything bad to happen to you, just mild inconvenience, yeah? It's fantastic. And I'm living in Nottingham, my wife's from London, my kids were born in Yorkshire, and so I have this thing, it's great being Scottish, living in England, fantastic. The only time it's a problem is during the World Cup. Because my son is like, Dad, you've got to support England. Come on, Dad, support England. And I try. I really try. I'm like, mm, come on, England. And uh, every four years, the World Cup. And normally, you guys are amazing to us. And you get knocked out nice and early. <laughs> and it's very kind. I thank you for that. But. Last year, of course, you did amazing. You got right the way through to the semi-final of the World Cup. England against Croatia. 
And my son's like going, come on, dad, you've got to support England. And I was finding it difficult. So on the morning of the match, I phoned up my dad. Now, my dad is a Scottish minister. He's been a minister for 40 years, and he's like very Scottish. And I said, dad, are you going to be supporting England against Croatia? And my dad said, son, all of the Scottish churches are singing, I am a new Croatian. And I thought, wow, that is not, that is not unity, is it? That is. I was like, wow, dad, that is, that is unbelievable. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm really excited about coming and doing my comedy show. Um, but I wanted you to look at John chapter 6. And we're just going to look at a few verses, a really well-known part of the Bible. John chapter 6, and looking at it from verse 5. The Bible says this. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? He asked us only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one of us to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? And Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. And Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they'd had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Wow, I love this. And I sense the presence of God here. We believe as a community that in miracles, we believe this wonderful miracle of Jesus, wow, praying, and this multiplication. But here is what I wanted to talk to you about today. This is what I want to speak to your soul about. Because I want to talk to you about the miracle that happened before the miracle. You see, this incredible miracle that Jesus did would never have happened if there had not been a miracle before the miracle. The miracle before the miracle is that this little boy got over himself, got past his defeat in thoughts, got past his limiting thinking, and handed over the small that he had to see a miracle happen that blessed many. You see, here I am coming today to say this. You have to get over yourself. The greatest obstacle in your life is not Satan. The greatest obstacle of your life is not the devil. The greatest obstacle of your life is you. We limit ourselves. We have all kinds of small thinking. We stop ourselves from doing wonderful and great things because we don't believe we can do it. And yet God's saying, let the miracle happen before the miracle, that we would come before God and that we would give the little that we have and see God do a wonderful blessing. 
and a wonderful miracle. See, this little boy, he could have thought to himself, it's too small. It's only little. It's just a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. It's too small. And yet when he handed it over to God, God did a powerful miracle. And you know, I believe that there are some people in the room today and you're thinking to yourself, what I've got to offer is just small. It's little. See, I'm I'm getting a little bit excited on this stage because God's speaking to me this morning in my room and God's saying to me that there might be someone in this place who's got a song inside them. There might be someone in this place who's got a business idea inside them, a book inside them. You've got all these wonderful things, but you're like, oh, it's only like a little idea. It's only small. It's not much. And yet God is asking that you would hand it over and see what God will do. As you hand it over, wow, amazing. This little song idea, this book idea, this business idea, or whatever it is that's going on inside of you, you know, you hand it over to God and watch God do a powerful miracle. Wow. This little boy, he might have thought to himself, he's looking at his little packed lunch. He's looking at the thousands of people. And he's thinking to himself, how can this little thing make such a big difference? It's not got enough to make a difference. There are thousands of people. And you know, I'm new to, I've never been here before. Never been in Bedford in my life. I'm driving in today and I'm seeing all these streets and these houses. And we could sit here today and think, well, how can we make a difference to this wonderful place that we live? But we hand it over to God and watch God do an incredible miracle. That we say, God, we give you our gifts. We give you our abilities. We give you ourselves as a church community. We hand it over to you and watch you do something wonderful. This little boy could have looked at his packed lunch and could have thought to himself, this is not master chef cooking. This is a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread from my mum's back kitchen. I know where this has come from. And you know, I felt so inspired to say to people today, you know, there are people and they say, well, I, I've not really got much to offer because Mark, if you knew, my past, if you knew my story, if you knew where I came from, if you knew what I've done and what I've been about, I've not really got that much to bring. And I really felt God saying, God's not worried about your past. He's excited about your future. It's like not limiting God because you're thinking, oh, if you knew the housing estate I came from, or I'm not really from an incredibly educated place. I, I don't have any kind of degrees or I've not got this or I've not got that. Wow, no, the little boy didn't decide to say, oh, I know where this has come from. So I'm going to limit what it can do. He handed it over to Jesus and Jesus did a miracle. And as you say, oh, I'm not going to worry about where I've come from and where my past is. I'm going to hand it over to you, Jesus, and watch you do something powerful. Let me tell you my little story for a minute. I'm a minister's kid. My dad was a minister. I went to Bible college. I felt called to be a minister. It was all great. 
And then as I started to minister, I realized that I'd got the gift of evangelism and I started to do evangelistic events. But everywhere I went was Christians. I would be invited to speak at places and they were all Christians. And then my wife, she, she says, oh, we're going to go and see this comedian, a guy called Dave Gorman. He's, he's quite a funny man. I don't think he's got any faith, but he's a funny man. And we were sitting in this theater laughing and he was kind of telling his stories, but he was also communicating his message. And in that room, God spoke to me. And God said, I want you to do that. I want you to start doing comedy shows and weave the gospel in. And I'm saying to God, God, I'm not a comedian. I'm a minister. I'm a pastor. And like, God, what are you talking about? You know, I love it when we start telling God, what's he talking about? It's like, you know, you're not on great firm ground. And uh, I was like, oh. But I spoke to Tamsin, my wife, about it. And I says, Tamsin, I've got this thing going on. And she goes, we've got to do it. We've got to do it. So we booked a theater. I wrote my first show. And I, I did it in this small theater in Nottingham. 70 people came. And quite a few of them were not yet Christians. And I did my comedy show. And uh, there were moments in it that were hilarious. People were loving it. There were also, <laughs> you know, you know, those moments were, <laughs> where the tumbleweed, <laughs> I like to call it like synchronized buttock clench, yeah? <laughs> where everyone's like, oh. And um, I did it. And towards the end, I weaved in the message of the gospel and in that place, five people responded to the gospel. And what had happened is I had asked a minister, someone I really respected, I asked him to come and sit at the back. It's the first time I'm doing it. And I was buzzing. I was so happy and shaking everyone's hands and it was all very cool. And then this minister came, marched down. He says, you want my feedback? I said, yeah. He goes, never do that again. He says, that was embarrassing. He goes, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to be on TV? He goes, you go back to just preaching in churches. He says, this was a shambles. He goes, never do it again. And he walked out. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're like, thanks for the feedback? Yeah, have you ever had that? <laughs> it's like someone saying, Kieran, encouragement sandwich. There was no encouragement sandwich. It was straight. And out he went. We're driving home in the car, and my wife says to me, oh, she's buzzing. She says, Mark, that story was really funny. She's talking about this. Five people responding, and as we're driving along, I says, Tamsin, never doing it again. She goes, what do you mean you're never doing it again? And I told her the story of the minister. Wow. I don't know if you've ever seen your wife or your husband, your girlfriend, your partner. I don't know if you've ever seen them so angry that the vein in their neck actually comes out of their body and wanders around the car. Have you ever seen that? <sighs> Tamsin was angry. She was angry. She says, listen, listen to me. I looked up to God and God was like, I would listen. Yeah, that's what God was like. God was like, I'm listening, so you should listen. She says, listen to me. She goes, Mark, it is true. She goes, it is true that there were stories that you did today that we must never do again. 
They must never been said out loud again. But she says, we can sort that. She goes, but Mark, you were engaging, you were funny up there, and people responded. She goes, we're doing it again. And I changed a few things, and I started to tour the show. And then, wow, unbelievably, I started to get bigger and bigger venues. And then I was in Lincoln, and I, I, there was 700 people at the event and in this huge theater, and 120 people made a first-time response for God. 120 people, wow! So amazing! But what I didn't know was that that minister who'd been there on the first night, he was in the crowd near the back. He comes down the front. He comes up to me. He's like, wow, that was amazing. You must keep on doing this. <laughs> I am like, inside I am, oh, as soon as he stops talking, I am going to let him have it. I'm going to tell him that if I'd listened to you, I would never have done it. But God's like, no, no, fingers on lips. That's good. You're the bigger man. And he got to the end and I says, well, thank you very much. God bless you. And off he went. And now I talk about him all over the world. It's like, just like, never use his name. Hallelujah. And uh, the thing is, is that now I'm getting this opportunity to do this comedy one-man show where we weave the gospel in, where people are getting this incredible opportunity to such an accessible message. And I'm so excited to be coming next Tuesday. You see, when I was 16, I, used, I lived in a place called Musselburgh. And Musselburgh is just outside Edinburgh. And when I was 16, I used to go up to the fringe. And I used to sit there and I would hear comedians ripping the name of Jesus to pieces, shredding the name of Christ. And I remember as a young lad sitting there and saying, one day I will be on that stage and I will lift up the name of Jesus. I will lift his name up. And wow, I'm excited to tell you that the last five years we've had such an incredible thing where we've had the chance to like be at the fringe right there next to Princess Street, do the comedy show and weave in this message, this wonderful message that Jesus is Lord. And last year, just in 2019, out of the six nights that we did, four nights were sold out. And there I am in the fringe talking about Jesus dying on the cross. And you see, I want to say, if I had said my past, oh, my past, I'm a, I'm a minister. I don't really do com. What's that? But God had a bigger and a better dream for me. And you know, it's what I'm wanting to communicate is that whatever your past is, the little boy could have said, it's only a bit of fish from mom's back kitchen. But he handed it over to God and God did an incredible miracle. I love, I love this story because, you know, you see the disciples are just absolutely, it's like incredible. Philip says, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And for, sorry, Philip says, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Like Philip and Andrew, they're like kind of really freaking out. They're like there's a lot of people here and they're very hungry. Where are we going to get food for all these people? And you know, there's a bit of you that's like they're talking to Jesus. They're talking to you. You want to say, James, Jesus. You're talking to the son of the living God and you're faffing around, chatting about, whoa, where are we going to get bread? His little Tesco's is shut. He's like, 
Listen, guys. It's like salvation. Open your eyes. Salvation is here. Open your eyes. Right in front of you is salvation. And you know, here today, I want to say, open your eyes. Salvation is here. You see, you, you, you may be here for the first time or you've been coming for a little while and you're still grappling with this stuff. But the truth is you're thinking, what is this cross? What is this message? Maybe you're thinking to yourself, is the cross just like um, kind of what you put on the uh, uh, sort of cover of a Bible? Is it just the church's brand? What is the cross? But you see, open your eye. Salvation is here. You see, I was in Australia a few years ago and I went to the Gold Coast and I loved it. And I was in the sea and I really found the, the coral, the rip coral, really strong. I'm a decent swimmer and sometimes I would be finding it difficult to swim. And it changed so quick. The tide would turn so fast. And I got chatting to um, one of the lifeguards on the beach and I sent this lifeguard and I was talking to Butless. And he's like, oh, crazy. He goes, it turns so fast and it's so strong. And then he told me a story about a little nine-year-old girl. Just a couple of weeks before I was there, a little nine-year-old Australian girl was in the sea and she was a decent swimmer. And the rip curls turned, the tide turned. And people immediately started to run off the, out of the sea onto the beach. But this little girl, she was there and she got caught up in a wave and she was getting thrown around. And immediately the lifeguards understood that she was in trouble. They ran down the beach, but they couldn't get near her because the, the water was so strong and it was so difficult to get there. So they went and they got a piece of equipment. They call it a rescue cam. And it's this piece of flotation on a rope and they threw it to her and it landed right next to her. The rescue is right next to her. But this little girl... She is getting thrown all around, the water in her mouth, her head's rolling. She's absolutely like in a washing machine. And they're screaming, they're shouting, grab the rescue can, grab the rescue can. And this little girl, she doesn't understand. And she's drowning. And they said, they suddenly turned and they saw the dad running on the beach, screaming towards the sea absolutely beside himself and this little girl her head goes down under the wave wow and then suddenly it was as if a light bulb came on and suddenly she realized what she needed to do she grabbed hold of this rescue can and they were able to pull her in and the father like picked her up and held her and hugged her you see in this place some people, you, you're drifting from God. You're drifting far from God. It's one or two people and life's thrown you around a bit like a washing machine and you don't know which way's up and you don't know which way's down. And you're absolutely beside yourself. And I'm here as a Scottish preacher to come and say to you, salvation is here. That the cross was God's idea. The Father desperately wants to be reunited with you again. 
and he throws out the cross, that Jesus died on the cross so that you could come through the cross of Jesus Christ back into the arms of God. God is desperately longing for you. He's not knocking you out the way because he thinks you're not good enough. I loved that message we heard a few minutes ago about you think maybe this is a holy place and you're not good enough. None of us are good enough. But wonderfully, wonderfully, God has provided this rescue that we come through the cross and we can be found in the arms of God. And at the end, in a few moments, I'm going to give us an opportunity that maybe there are some of us that say, God, I don't want to drift away from you forever. I had a little tear this morning because I thought there might be someone in this room and you drift away from God forever and ever. And in this moment, you can hear my voice. God is calling you that you would come through the cross back into his arm. And I love this story because the Bible says there was 12 baskets full. It's incredible that I was speaking on this and one of the leaders mentioned the word abundance because I love this. God is not the God of just about enough. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever been to one of those weddings where there's just about enough, yeah? Have you ever been to one of those Christian gatherings where there's like, ooh, there's actually not enough, yeah? There's actually, there's actually not enough. We can't share a sausage roll between five families. It's not going to work. And actually, when God does something, it's abundance, overflow. I love this, overflow. This is a miracle. There were 12 baskets of overflow, of leftovers. There were teenagers in that venue. And yeah, wow, there was food left over. That is a miracle from God. And then it's like, wow. It's like, wow, all of this overflow. God is the God of overflow. I want to live a life of overflow. I don't want to live a life of scarcity. I've started to get into this thing where I want to live a life of overflow. I want to bless people. I want to like say, wow, you know, be blessed. My wife and me have started to do this thing where we'll be in a a restaurant and we'll, we'll have a meal and then we'll see someone. We're like, let's pay for their meal. It's so much fun. They're like, pay for the meal, and then the the waiter won't get the bill. They're like, who's that? Who's paid for our meal? They're looking over. And it's like, don't think that this is me having an opportunity to do an evangelistic opportunity. I'm not like doing a little mime of Jesus on the cross and, you know, he died for you. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not doing any of that. What I'm doing is I just want to live a life of overflow. I want to bless people. I want people to feel good when they've met me. I want people to walk away from me with a bit of a bounce in their step. I don't want to live a life of scarcity. Oh, is there enough? See, I find this fascinating. But you can hold on to your blessings and live a life of scarcity. 
or you can give your blessings away and live a life of overflow. Live a life of overflow. Give your blessings away. Give them away. Give them away. Give them away. Live a life of overflow. Hallelujah. You see, one of the troubling things for me about Christianity is that God gave his son. And yet we have made it into some kind of like insular thing. I don't know if you've ever been at the outside of an inside joke. I don't know if you've ever like had been in a room where there's a few people and they're having a little inside. I hate that. That feeling like you're on the outside. And I don't know if if they're laughing about something and maybe you've said, oh, (laughs) what are you guys laughing at? And they went, oh, no, it's just a bit of a... Makes you feel rubbish, doesn't it? Makes you feel like, oh, man, I feel pretty rubbish right now. And yet, sometimes, church, this is what we are doing with the greatest gift of all. God gave his son Jesus, and yet for so often you see churches and some Christian ministry, we would just like, keep it to ourselves. And it's like, oh, you know, it's like our thing. We know about it. It's our deal. And God is looking for us to share and give away this message. Next Tuesday when I come, I'm going to be doing my one-man show and and, and we're going to have such a laugh. It's the Edinburgh Fringe Show and it's so funny, but there's going to be this opportunity where we just give this wonderful gospel message away and we give this good news. You see, I, I wanted to finish by just sharing with you something that happened few years ago to me I uh, I was in my front room watching something and my son opened the door and he found me sobbing on the floor but dad what's happening and the reason why I was sobbing was I was watching this video about the Grenfell Tower you know the towers that went on fire people lost their lives And this video, it made me weep because, you see, I saw this video homing in and and, 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 and there's people running away from the building and and then the the video just homes into this little group. And this little group, they've got those survival blankets on, you know, the foil blankets, and they're all in a little huddle and they're all talking, agitated and excited, and you can tell that they've just been rescued. They've just been saved, and they're all talking in this little huddle, and they're really kind of talking about, oh, the fireman came in and he saved me. The police guy came in, and they're absolutely wide-eyed, and they're so frenzied in their talk. But then the camera pans back, and you see that the building is still burning. So many people trying to get away from the building. And then it comes back to this little group. Right there in the middle of this group, suddenly this guy stands up and he pulls off his foil blanket and he throws it down. And the camera follows him as he suddenly starts to run towards the building. The building is on fire. Everyone else is trying to get away. 
He's running towards the building. And the camera follows him. And a little while later, you see him helping an old lady out the building. And a little bit later, you see him with the police helping an old guy out the building. And when the media talked to him after and all wanted to know his story, he said this, I realize that I have been rescued to see others rescued. I have been saved to see others saved. Oh, friends, the reason why I travel the world and travel the country to talk about Jesus is because, you see, I, I go to so many churches and it's a bit like that huddle. They've got their survival blankets on. They've got their survival mentality on. And they're in a little huddle. And they're like, oh, we're just holding on till Jesus gets back. And they've got this sense in which they're a little exclusive group talking about how they got saved 50 years ago, how they got saved 70 years ago. Oh, friends, the building is still burning. The city here in Bedford is still needing God. People are still desperate for Jesus. People are still broken and hurting. And oh, my heart and passion. And I love the, the vision of this church that you guys are expanding and growing. But oh, that we would not be in a nice little huddle just chatting about how we got saved. But that we would stand up and say, oh, we have been rescued to see others rescued. That we would go to the broken and the ruined and the marginalized. That we would go to the devastated. That we would go where everybody else is trying to get away from and we will go and we'll see rescue come in the name of Jesus oh I don't know if one or two of the band can come and just help as we're coming towards the end but you know I would love I would love this us to be in a place where you know it would be so exciting to think wow wouldn't you imagine this venue full in, is it a week on Tuesday? A week on Tuesday. And we're doing the comedy show. And you've got your, you've got your friends here. You've got your neighbors here. You've got people that you've gone out your comfort zone for. You've just all come and hear the Scottish guy. He's funny. I promise you he'll make you laugh. And, and, and we'll have a great night and we'll laugh a lot. But there'll be this moment where the opportunity of the gospel will come and people will be like, wow, thank you so much for coming. I hope I didn't spoil your cup of tea. So um, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I, yeah, uh, thanks, sorry. I, yeah, uh, I suddenly realized that was very harsh. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was like in the, these big churches in America and, and basically like you're preaching, you're really going for it. And suddenly there's a keyboard player just starts playing behind you. And I was like look, looking and they're just like, and it's kind of like the church's way of saying, oh, okay, that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> we're finished here now. We're done. And I thought that was pretty bad until my wife actually bought one for home. Yeah, she's, she's got one at home. Just play that. We've had enough from you. That's good. That's good. Right on cue. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I just want to have a moment where we just do a little bit of business with God. Father, 
We thank you that we can laugh. We thank you that we can be challenged. We thank you that your presence has been here in such a real way. And we just pray, God, that in these next couple moments, we would just do a little bit of business with you. In Jesus' name. That's what in the presence of God right now. I, I want to do one thing. I, I want to give maybe some people in this room the opportunity. I, I believe that there are some people and you know you're drifting away from God. And God throws out the rescue plan, the cross. Know that you would embrace the cross and you come into the arms of the Father. And so what I'm going to simply do is this. I'm going to pray a really short prayer. And I'm going to ask that maybe you would pray after me. Don't say it out loud, but just pray it quietly in your heart. I'm going to say amen. And then I'm simply going to count to three. And every head will be bowed, every eye will be closed. And I'm going to count to three. And on three, I'm going to say, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand. And I brought some books and we put the book inside a, a, a bag and we want you to have that for free. And as you put your hand up, someone will come and put that in your hand. We just want you to put it under your chair. That's for you. I wonder if we could bow our heads, close our eyes. So aware. I don't know where you're sitting today. I don't know where you are, but I know that there are people. You're drifting away from God. I feel like somebody, you feel like life's just throwing you around like you're in a washing machine. And God has thrown out the cross of Jesus for you. Why don't you pray this in your heart right now? Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Oh, come, come now messed up, beaten and broken, but I come through the cross into the arms of the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I'm going to count three, and if you prayed that prayer, I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. That's amazing. Just keep your hand up there. That's fantastic. The team are just going to come as quick as they can. People all around the venue with their hands up, and we give God praise for that. There's some people here in the front. That's fantastic. I don't know if the team can. Some people over there. Thanks for your patience. Just keep your hand up there while we get these to you. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. Some people over there. It's wonderful. 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 We're just staying in this moment as we're just trying to get, get this to people over here. That's really great. We're nearly there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for people responding to you today. 
thank you, people, Lord, that you love, love to draw people close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church, I'm going to hand back to the leader in a moment, but I wonder if I could just pray for you. I love as an evangelist to pray for us as a community as, as we're going out and you guys are throwing the survival blanket down and you're going out to reach this wonderful area and wonderful place. Is it okay to ask you to stand in the presence of God? And if you feel comfortable to do this as I pray this prayer, I would love it to ask you if you could just raise your hands up towards God. If you feel okay to do that and we're in the presence of God right now, and we say, God, Father God, we are rescued to see others rescued. And oh God, we pray that you would help us. Oh God, that we would all, Father, get out of our comfort zone. That we would not just be in a lovely little huddle, but that we would get out of our huddle and we would reach a community for you. I pray, God, that we would be entering into a season where many would be rescued. Many would be rescued in the name of Jesus. We pray, oh Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.